listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. The podcast you're about to listen to, as well as all the content on 9to5.cc, is brought to you in part by your support on Patreon. Check us out at patreon.com slash 9to5cc. This is the 925 Entertainment System, Montreal's greatest, best, and only geek podcast with three dudes recorded in my living room. What do we talk about, boys? We talk about the WWE in Saudi Arabia. We follow up with legitimate analysis about Khashoggi. Then we then we hear about the Tesla. We hear about Keith's dad thinking Scott is okay. <laughs> we talk at length about Leonard Part 6. Oh, we no. go into movie discussion about Dune. We talk about a potential new segment, your favorite character, and no more Mad Maxes. And most importantly, we rank Leonard Part 6. Where does it land on the list? You'll have to listen to find out. 90s. But that's it, but it ends up, like, inadvertently pulling the punches of the second one. Absolutely. Like, they just, like, they throw in, like, a hundred people going lips to butt. And then you're like, but other than, like, volume, there's nothing nearly as horrific as the other scene. Oh, it's so good, the second one. Anyway, my name's Keith, and this is a podcast. (laughs) Oh, wait, are we on? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Episode 170, learning lessons about podcasting, leading with the human centipede. There you go. Um, Man, there's so much to talk about. This time, you guys. I don't even know. It's been a while since I've done my wrestling podcast, uh-huh. so I feel that we should talk about wrestling because it ties directly in with current events right now. Well, okay. Have you're, fun with that, you're, 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 you're aware of I'm this. I'm going to go to my special place. But you're aware of how this goes. This is to, We're talking about the, the Khashoggi assassination and that WWE had a marquee event in Saudi Arabia scheduled that actual senators asked them not to do, huh. and then they did it anyway. How did it go? Terribly. How was terribly? What happened? Uh, so, so anyway, so there's this whole... The first thing, Scott and I did the math, I can't remember, was it 204? At a total combined age of 206, okay. the tag team match that the was the main event. main event Main event. Yeah. at four gentlemen whose ages add up to 206. So they're all in their 50s. Okay. Yep. But that's, that's it. That's how they're going to send the show that, off. That's the go-home of the show. Yeah. A 28-long match between four dudes in their 50s. 28-minute long match. 28-minute long match. The okay. second longest match went, I think, maybe 11 minutes. Okay. So, and it's just like a... Is it because they were filling for the guys who didn't want to go? No. The only people who didn't go were uh, Daniel Bryan and John Cena. Yeah. Uh, John Cena, apparently because uh, he like took it under advisement that he has a bit of a Hollywood career now to think about. Yeah. And yeah. Daniel Bryan is like the uh, like a left-wing golden boy. Uh-huh. Kind of just in general, who I would say probably the most principled. Well, has, asterisk most principled. So this is kind of hilarious. The last time that they uh, did an event in Saudi Arabia, all of the male stars went because the women don't wrestle because they're not allowed. Yep. Uh, the male stars went except for Sami Zayn because he's from Syria. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> so this uh-huh. time around, even before Koshogi wa- was killed, um, Sami Zayn was injured, so that problem was kind of taking care of itself. Hilariously, though, Sami Zayn's best friend Kevin Owens took an elective surgery to repair a nagging knee problem that he had just like a couple weeks before the thing. And I was mm-hmm. like, "Good timing on that surgery, Kev." Like <clears throat> he's like legit best friends with him, and I was like, "I thought I thought that it was a maybe a subtle way of him being like." Not you know what? Really. I could take this surgery in November, or I could take it in September. And if I take it in September, I will not be going to Saudi Arabia, where they kind of want to kill my best friend. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, so yeah, Kevin uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were not okay. part of it also. Um, and it went terrible? Awful. It was a, bun- a pile of boring matches. I won't waste our listeners too much time on it. A po- just like a big pile of dog crap in terms of the matches in general. Was it broadcasted? It was broadcast okay, on the okay. WWE. So you guys a couple things it, yeah. going into it. Uh, the, in the weeks prior to it, WWE just stopped mentioning where it was happening. Yeah. They just kept referring to it as Crown Jewel and yeah. didn't mention like where it was. Uh, they only an- actually started selling tickets in Saudi Arabia a week beforehand. There's like a backroom kind of theories and there's like reports of them kind of like calling around other venues to see if they could um, just have snap. Crown- Snap through a show not in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, like, still call it Crown Jewel because apparently, ooh. like Vince did float out or like investigate the possibility of canceling the event, yeah. but then realized that the he was on a ten-year, hundred million dollar contract and he'd get like sued up the Yang yep. in with, yeah. to a sum of money that he couldn't pay if he backed out on the event. Like, which yeah. super kind of tricky position because he's like, do I bankrupt my company? <laughs> you know, like to do the right thing. I don't and know. even is it the right thing? It's a complicated, messed well, up situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, we it's, kind of, it's very American to say that. Like they could have pulled out, but it would have been bad for American business. Well, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, but the flip side of like, that is isn't that <laughs> anti-American by definition? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the president says that. Sure, we can acknowledge that this that's, is a bad thing, but there's money is money. Well, that's I mean, what that I'm is saying. that's the president's actual. Th- that's talking American point. values, guys. He is the commander in chief. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh man, Hulk Hogan was the uh, host. Coming out to Real American also. Wow. Yeah. Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan three days before the event got announced for it, apparently, to like add extra star juice. Yeah. And, everybody, and everybody's just getting monster Never say Hulk Hogan and juice again. Uh, uh, star juice. Um, where was it? It's like, like orange, like fake tan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, they, they, they ripped out, or they just omitted saying where it was, up into and including at the event itself. They, just, they said the name of the city twice, apparently, right. in the broadcast. They did not mention the country versus when they were back there in the spring. They were like in the progressive, like a new regime country of Saudi Arabia, like women can drive. And like, look at these Saudi dudes in sunglasses dancing in the streets and like whatever else. And none of that on this. So, yeah, boring, crappy, awful. No no outside shots. Yeah, no, no shots to the exterior, uh, which again floats. People have floated up the conspiracy theory kind of or not conspiracy theory, but potentially way out that the contract of how many events is going to be held is apparently open-ended and it's sort of like at the request of the saudi board of board of tourism it's always like analyzed case by case so there is possibly they they fucked it up on purpose exactly there's the there's the theory that they like they ran a pile of uh of dog crap to basically they're like if they can just go nine years without them asking for another event yeah like all they need to do is kind of make the saudi prince maybe bored of wrestling <laughs> and if he doesn't ask for them to come back i don't just... know the first thing about any of this but there's a character called the iron sheik right like it's huge in the middle east isn't it yeah wrestling, wrestling is pretty mm-hmm. yeah. iron sheik was uh, uh wrestled under an iranian uh, yeah. character mm-hmm. and was Constantly a villain throughout the eighties. He was yeah. he was not some local hero done right. Right. No. And no. But he could have been a hero in in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. You know, and drawn fans from all over. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. No. no. Sheik is also pretty crazy. Okay. Yeah. He's so funny. Jabroni. His 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 Twitter feed is amazing. It's and... all caps, mostly full of swearing. Like <laughs> it's, that is all of his Twitter feed, and he just like he just yells at everything that's yeah. happening, like in the wrestling world and beyond. Just like news items. He's a sixty year old man screaming at the internet. It's... <laughs> 
it's entertaining and it's madness. Who's just spent 30 years being thrown on his head. So yeah. I, I, yep. yeah, yeah. But yeah, so, but just, oh man, what an awful situation. And again, I, there's also the flip side of it. Tommy Dreamer kind of wrote up a little thing because Tommy Dreamer apparently wrestled in North Korea once. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, read, I read that. Yeah, and he was talking about, he's like, man, as messed up as all the politics were, he's like, there were kids in that crowd who were watching wrestling for the first time. And he's like, how do you, and he's like, how, how do you know how that affected them? Like seeing like Western culture or whatever, maybe warm them up a little bit to like, you know, like, like you don't know. And he's like, it's certainly not the kids who are involved in the political, like mess around. And he's like, those kids who are going to go to that Saudi show, Probably having a great time watching the wrestlers wrestle. Hopefully they will. It's like maybe they're going to have one nice night. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, but yeah, yeah. what a, a, a mess of a situation. And just even the Koshogi thing is just complete and utter nonsense. As they keep the thing that blows my mind. I mean, you're probably tracking this even better than I am. Is like floating out just like different excuses. It was an how. accidental fist fight. Whoopsies, uh, we murdered him in a fist fight. Maybe we poisoned him by accident. Interrogation went wrong. Yeah, uh, the weird body double thing where they yeah. just sent out another the wrong dude dressed shoes. in his clothes with the wrong shoes, also not bald. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like, they're like, it's like the... the, 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 the Britain comment. knew ahead of time they begged them not to do it and they went and did it anyway and they could have warned him. It's oh. almost as if these plots were being written by the WWE writers room. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's just it's is so... a conspiracy theory that deep, Keith. But the thing the thing that blows my mind about it is like the two doinks. Oh man. Replacement razor. That's... This shit has happened the, before. The edgeheads, dude. The edgeheads. <laughs> Edge entered a world championship match, then he had two dudes dressed up like him who like kept like fishing in and out of the match and like eight finishers from the other guy. Twin magic. Exactly. Time so was a Edge, flat circle. Edge never got hit with any of the finishers, only his goons did. Time wow. was a flat circle. Uh, I think we've seen, we've solved it. But the it's the, the 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 what what is the word? Like the overconfidence and I guess like lackadaisical attitude it's just like like the lack of effort put into even trying to cover this up just like shows like the impunity that they feel they're acting well, with like they've, if they been, made... they've been murdering people in yemen for years and then no and like with america's backing nobody says diddly squad yeah but this I was an american they... resident do you think they messed up do you think they're i like, think they Whoops. messed up they thought this would be totally swept under the rug i, I, I seem to recall one saudi official being caught on, on on mic or something saying like what is the big deal why is everybody flipping out like they just like don't don't yeah. get it like, but, like I said, I mean, but do your homework. The dude, like, writes for Washington Post. Like, yep. Like, that, Probab- you know, like in, in their defense, probably was a CIA asset at the Washington Post, right? Uh, there might be, like, a whole other spying good reason to kill him background Which thing. is why you yeah. arrest him and you put him in a box. Yeah, but that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily arguing why they killed him. Not that I'm ever, like, advocating a killing thing, yeah. but, I mean, yeah. like, a, a weird totalitarian regime and stuff like that, they're known to kill their enemies. It's the... the Just, like, lack of any kind of decent cover-up is, like, what blows my mind. You're like, man, put the work in. Like, just... <laughs> instead of just being like, whoops, and, like, changing their story from, like, week to week is just, like... just seems so lazy. Like, yep. I don't... I don't know. Do you remember their Twitter attack on Canada after the whole public condemnation? It was... Yeah. Sloppy and all over the place. There's all kinds of craziness. Yeah, exactly. But I feel that 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 comes from a place of not caring and like general impunity. And it, I mean, and certainly, might... it even seems that this is also like I don't know any reason like how much has this damaged anything. They I don't may think not at all. be used to being under the scrutiny of actual media. 
right? Mm. Like for a long time, they would just kill people, didn't give a shit, nobody gave a shit, and and, and America didn't report on it because they were exactly America's partners. And so maybe the, you know, maybe they aren't that experienced with this side of things. Maybe, or maybe it's all a long con. Is there a way that this is going to play into their hands? I don't think so. I think the, the Crown Solomon has been like working. The reporter's going to come Western. back at Crown Jewel two to challenge for the title. Well, he's going to challenge Shane McMahon for to be the best, best wrestler in the world. world. By God, <laughs> what is Kashagi doing in the impact zone? <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. shouldn't be laughing. Oh. It's real bad. Yeah, yeah. someone died, you guys. Uh, yeah, that was another part of the uh, the wrestling event. Is that they had a tournament to crown the best wrestler in the world, okay. and Shane McMahon won it. Non wrestler businessman, fifty year old man, fifty year old non wrestling figure Shane McMahon but why again this plays into the theory of they put on a, a horseshit show right. to, to just, just just run the clock on their 10 year commitment to, to, to be fair there is something constantly entertaining about a 50 year old man wearing basketball shoes doing a little dance and doing like, a little ja- dance and then jumping across the ring and little like spin punches and little like little jabs little baby theme jabs song is, is some of the best theme songs of Here all time the money <laughs> Money, 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 money. 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 Yeah. See, even John can sing along to it. What? It's catchy. That's what I'm saying. It's great. I don't think there's anything wrong with putting that on a pay-per-view. Also, there was a League of Legends streamer who every time people donated money to him, he would play that little clip. That's the only reason I know it. Neat. Um, See, John, you would be better at League of Legends if you knew more about wrestling. I mean, I think that's just just, just science. (laughs) Uh, what else you guys want? I mean, like I say, yeah, that, that Saudi Arabia thing was just, it was just so nuts. What else is going on? I drove in a Tesla, mm-hmm. the Model did 3. You, did, you, did you drive in a Tesla or did you drive a Tesla? No, I drove in a Tesla. Uh, yeah. That's less fun. It, it was the fun. one that was in space. No, it was not uh, the one that was in space. It was still awesome. It's still like a sp- futuristic space car. It drives like a sports car. It's super fast, super quiet. Yep. It doesn't have a dash. It just has like a, like a screen. So everything you control is on the, on the, the touchpad screen. Did, you, did, did the person floor it? No, there was no flooring because we were in town. But okay. you could feel the thing can freaking move. Yeah. Well, like, but it, well, because but apparently the thing that is something to experience is that when you floor it, because there is no gears, it's just a constant acceleration. Whereas normally, when you're like in a giant muscle car, just with, like it's like whoop, yeah. whoop, whoop, whoop. So you have that little like little lunge. Whereas the Tesla is just like whoop. it's super smooth. And yeah. You could feel and it was just like a constant stream of acceleration. <laughs> like, yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. That's all I have to say about that. It was a great and, and instant nice. torque, right? Like it doesn't need to to grind up into gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can just you press it and it push goes. it and it goes. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, it's like, uh, have you did you know about this um, Formula E cars? Mm-hmm. The <laughs> disaster for- of Montreal. Yeah, but did you know that they uh, have like speed delimiters on them j- exclusively because Formula One is like Formula One are the fastest race cars. Really? Yep. And because it's like international whatever racing organization, the Formula E cars could very much run like Formula Circles 1 tracks around. faster than a Formula 1 car because of instant acceleration and stuff. That is hilarious. But the Formula E cars are speed delimited because of, because of their acceleration. <clears throat> yeah. So like they wouldn't need to like come out right, of the right, turn right, so right. slow. They'd they just whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. And like they would have to slow down, but then they could accelerate out of the turns and they could get to top speeds higher than a Formula 1 car, faster than a Formula 1 car. So they could be the fastest race cars in the world. They're just not because Formula 1 has a monopoly on being the fastest race well, cars in I the world. I think Elon has a thing where he doesn't give two fucks about that, and he's going to make them go as fast as he can. Like, well, I don't he think could his absolutely cars make, have them, the, make yeah. them go as fast as they can, but then he wouldn't be an internationally uh, recognized in the Formula race, e or whatever. Uh, like league. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. No, like, absolutely. And like, it's, hmm. it's literally 
uh, it's a component, like it's a speed delimiter. The cars themselves can, can go it. faster. How much do they want to make the electric car fail? Like, what what more evidence do you need than that? Yeah. Oh, it's just it's hilarious. It's just why so wouldn't like, they just call that Formula One then? Like, why why keep the combustion engine and well, because you're going to piss off cars. Formula One is McLaren and, and Formula and One, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, all yeah. those guys don't want it. Yeah, yeah. Well, fuck them. Who cares? You think Formula One is going to fuck Porsche and Ferrari? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If the car goes fast enough, oh man, disagree. not a chance. It's it's all they're all in bed together. There's yeah, no yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, dude, for sure, yeah. for sure, for sure. These are. I think if they do that, all of a sudden you'll see Porsche and Ferrari just make electric cars. Yeah, they, <laughs> what, what they, they have, no, they have those plans. They're definitely not sitting there looking at Tesla, going, "Well, that's never going to fly." They've made no, that may designs for electric cars that. that they're just ready to like. They could have had electric cars in the nineties. Probably um, even earlier, and and you I, you don't think oil money is involved in tying those guys to combustion engines? Not not those little guys, not like little like Ferrari and, and McLaren and them. I don't think I don't think they're it. little. I, I I don't know, man. I mean, they're they're much smaller than like like GM and, and like Chevrolet and all that stuff. Like those companies the are. Honda, there's like a, the, these are these are these are high end, low production cars, right? Like they're a profitable business, but they're not like they're not like Daewoo or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, like, um, yeah. I'm sure they have the plans for their, their electric car. I'm, I'm sure they're forward-thinking enough to have that at the ready. But, I, but once, also, once the math does, or once the competition does, yeah, yeah. push them in that direction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I also, I think there's, like, there's probably like a market. Like all of their fucking engineers that are trying to design the fastest combustion car, they're not stupid people. They're not just sitting there fucking going, well, I don't know anything about batteries, so I'm not going to do that. Like they, They've looked into it. I don't know about that, man. Uh, this cynicism for the state of that industry is infinite. Like, it's so stupid. And so, like, the engines break faster. They break down. They have a million billion moving parts in them, and there's little explosions happening. Like, it just, it's so nonsensical to stick to that technology from an engineering standpoint. Why yeah. would you? Unless you had a really compelling reason to do so. But and I mean, it's like the only, public, the only, the only thing is, opinion. I mean, but that's, but that's entering into a different, uh, a different mindset from like a Formula One race car, right? It's like, regardless of what you're doing on your production engine, you're trying to run your engine as close to exploding as possible on a Formula One. And you would furthermore do that in an electric car, you know, like as much as possible. Like you're running it in a way that you're like, that's part of, you're supposed to be running it in by to the absolute breadline of what you can to make it go as maximum fast. There might even be a safety consideration because if the goal is to make the absolute fastest cars in the world, like they had to slow down F1 cars back in the day right. because people were crashing and dying, right? Like and like, yeah. like by like in a significant margin. Like even rally racing, when they talk about the uh, the the killer B rally race cars, mm -hmm. if you want to be weird yourself out uh google type b rally killer b rally cars in like the 70s and what's the story they they're just, just they're crazy fast they just went they just like started taking like f1 mentality and started building them on rally cars but rally roads are like through like winding mountains and stuff so like people were like dying and flipping their cars like left right and center like four or five casualties in a single season kind Jeez. of thing like insanity so it's like there might be the logic of like we shouldn't run our race cars at this fast because we only have human reaction times like so that okay. speed delimiter, absolutely, I think that they ultimately probably will move to electric race cars somewhere, probably even in our lifetime. But they'll probably still be speed delimited, which at which point, what are the engineers doing? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like if you're because you're not making the fastest car anymore, you're making the fastest car that can be run safely. Well, at it's that point, like, you you make the fastest track. 
Yeah. We'll go from there. Right. Well, no, but then but the problem is that the fastest track is... Uh, is I don't care if it's fucking Monaco. You fucking make a different track and let the cars go faster. No, but then, but you, then okay, if you want to just make the cars go maximum fast, you're, you're talking about drag racing. Drag racing are already going a quarter mile in under three seconds. So that's just a straight line. And mm. that's like when they're not electric. I don't, actually, I don't even know. Cause they do they burn, do electric drag? They burn. Well, they do I is wonder. they burn well, alcohol. Well, they do fucking jet fuel. Right. Yeah, no, right. yeah, they burn. Uh, it's usually like alcohol, right? Like hmm. no, get not gasoline, alcohol. And I'm wondering on a short a quarter mile, and the amount of torque and stuff, it's got to be comparable to the electric. Because they we should tweet at Elon. Hey, buddy, you think you could win a drag race? Yeah, there's, there's a show on Netflix called Fastest Car where people make um, burners. They they take fucking garbage cars and tweak them to high hell mm-hmm. and they race them on this show against um supercars huh. to like fucking lamborghinis and shit and one guy has a little you know, shitty 70s audi thing that mm-hmm. he, he makes electric and has no gearbox no, no shifting on it and the thing just fucking flies down the track he loses crazy control of it wipes out <laughs> another car and everyone's screaming at each other but those things are like like you got to have the engineering down, hmm. down pat. So, the current top fuel dragster. I, I love the, my. I I just I cannot stop thinking about my dad listening to this and just being like, "You're getting so many things wrong about race cars, you kids." Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, top fuel dragsters are the quickest accelerating racing cars in the world, according to Wikipedia. But they still so the fastest competitors reach speeds of 335 miles per hour. Good this God. is in a quarter mile. They run a quarter mile in 3.64 seconds. What is it? 336 it was? Almost 500 kilometers an hour? Yeah, 539 kilometers yeah. an hour. And finished the 1,000-foot run in 3.64 seconds from a standstill. That is from unreal. Style. Yeah. yeah. What do they have as tires? Like silly putty? To... Yes, I think that, like, I think you'd run the tires once. Like they yeah. must just like, <laughs> just, like falling apart yeah, as you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, of the speeds, well... the class exclusively races on a thousand foot distance. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. The mm. rule was changed following the fatal crash of uh, Scott Kalitta. Yeah. Because they had to they they shortened and this is another case they shortened the track because they're still accelerating at the end, right? Like, right. like they were like so the track was longer. And just like an extra 300 feet of track had them going up. Another 300 feet of acceleration. Another 300 feet of acceleration, which got them like close to like 400 miles an hour or whatever the heck it is. Like just straight line, just like blasting. And like, and that's just, you're building an engine to just go. I wonder, it'd be an interesting question if, if you could get electric cars to compete with that. Hmm. Like, cause that's insanity, right? Like that, that's a, that's no shifting, just straight acceleration. Well, they shift though. No, that's what I'm saying. I know. On the electric car. There's yeah. no shifting. There's, there's no gearbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Race. Make it happen. Um, F-Zero. Oh, yeah. I wanted to mention. I, I mentioned to Scott. I was going to mention. So my dad was listening to the podcast. Okay. Uh, we were driving home from the... Uh, Long-time the, listener. First-time caller. Yeah. <laughs> my dad was listening to the podcast, and he was just sort of like, he's like, you know, he's like, uh, he's like, you got like some good friends. I'm like, yeah, like whatever. He's like, you know, it's cool. Like, I still listen. He's like, John seems like, like a really nice guy. And I was like, yeah. Me? Like, yeah. Like I was like I was like well all Thanks. my friends are pretty nice guys dad like that's uh I was like well I'm friends with them he's like yeah well, you know Scott's okay <laughs> but John's a really nice guy John sounds like a really nice guy you know I've mellowed out a lot in the last couple <laughs> years and I was like oh dad. <laughs> so bad I was like just throwing shade at Scott <laughs> no no that didn't sound I'm like okay <laughs> I don't feel bad about that I feel okay yeah. Oh. Maybe I need to go back and write more articles about movies. And poop. <laughs> and poop. And the, and the movies that you watch. 
Uh, um, Speaking of movies, let's get let's get into it. Oh into man, we're so excited to hear about Leonard oh, Part really? Six. We are, but uh, you guys both saw Solo, right? No, I told you we need to hold off on this one. Oh, do we? Because you're gonna see it. Because we wanted to all three of us watch it, and I, I, you know what? I had a bit of movie time this week, which I don't always have. And where did you, you spend guys it on? Made me watch Leonard Part Six. Yep. <laughs> did Did I talk about the Animaniacs connection for this? Yeah, you did. The uh, the Great. biggest throwing the biggest, biggest bombs. bombs. So was this a big bomb? Oh my goodness. Are we? Do you want to? Do you want to just bring this? Bring this whole podcast down and <laughs> talk about. Leonard what are you talking about? Up. Oh, this is like American cultural icon. So this the is our. Comedian? This is our Walter. film segment here where we talk about the greatest uh, film ever made. Greatest film ever made. Yep. Let's hear it, buddy. Um, oh, where to start? I'm took by some notes. Um, oh my goodness, I forgot about this. The opening credits of this movie are like an animated sequence where it's like everybody's like name is like written out on like a chalkboard kind okay. of thing and it's like a cartoon it's like written in chalkboard and there's like animals and all that stuff and i've watched the entire film mm-hmm. there's no chalkboard really in the movie whatsoever it's just like it's just like right away right out the get go just and so here's the theme well bill cosby <laughs> is a pretty like noted cartoonist right the yeah, Fat Albert stuff, the Brown Hornet stuff. Mm-hmm. It's uh, not done in the same sort style. So anyway, so the theme, the theme of my take on this movie is expect the unexpected. Okay. Like you wouldn't know that it was going to start off with a chalkboard sequence, even if you knew everything about the movie. I bet you, if you could find a person in this world whose favorite movie it was and be like, how's the opening credits? They wouldn't put together that it was a chalkboard. I do want to meet that guy. Yeah. Who, the or guy. Gal. Or lady. Exactly. It's like the Saul Bass school of, of opening credits. Oh, okay. Break so, it down nice and simple. And, okay. And actually, you know what? So it's expect the unexpected. And it is so confident in expecting the unexpected. In the opening sequence, it cuts to him driving, showing the scene of, like, launching the armored Porsche, like, over the ramp. And then, like, dancing in his, like, combat uniform and ballet slippers. And also, like, riding an ostrich off of a roof. Uh, I saw that in the an trailer. Explosion. Exactly. But it opens up with that, like, kind of, like, cutting, explaining that. And even though it shows you that, when those things happen, it's still unexpected. <laughs> and it shows you that that is going to happen. And when those scenes happen, you still are like, whoa. Wait so, a minute. <laughs> there's a trailer for the movie? In the movie? In the movie? Yes. <laughs> really? I did not yeah. expect that. that I is, know. That's bold. I <laughs> <laughs> mean, like, like, stay tuned for some of these action sequences, guys. Maybe it's like they didn't have enough footage at the end. It was like an hour and a half long movie in the direct. <laughs> you know, they like... So the opening scene we got to pad it out uh, so when we sell it on VHS it's two cassettes. <laughs> the opening scene happens with uh like frogmen kind of going into attack uh, a CIA agent mm-hmm. like they're like like sneaking up to the compound. How do you think they attack him? Nice. Harpoons. See? This is the ways you would think. Okay. Uh killer rainbow trout, you guys. Killer rainbow trout. Killer trained rainbow trout. Okay. They they like throw the fish at him? They uh they they hold the fish. They say quellish. And then quellish. the fish, quellish, not a word. Mm-hmm. Uh, it swims through like the the sewer grate or whatever up into the pool. Get this, you guys. So you're like, okay, it's a killer attack, attack trout. It's gonna maybe like fly through and then eat the guy. On his way through the pool, there's a discarded Playboy magazine. The fish has to go like, stop, swims back, checks out the Playboy magazine, and then continues on his murderous path. Those uh-huh. '80s Playboys had some wonderful articles. A lot of push, rep- though. A lot of reporting. <laughs> <laughs> After this scene, we're John's in- a really nice guy. What? <laughs> that was nice. We're introduced <laughs> to our protagonist, the greatest spy ever, retired Leonard. Uh-huh. Uh, he now runs a restaurant. Um, 
What style of food? I don't even care. Um, <laughs> French, I guess? All question right. mark? Um, so the CIA or whatever decides to send an assassin to him to like ca- get his notice, but he, like, they know that he's not going to like succeed because they're sending this their assassin to like the best operative in the world. The CIA is sending an assassin after Leonard yeah. in an attempt to recruit him. Yeah. Okay. Knowing that he will kill the guy and then know who was sent him and then be like, why did you send him? Right. Uh, so the guy pulls – so the scene takes place in the back of a kitchen, like in the kitchen of the restaurant, and like no one reacts – to gunfire in the kitchen. In fact, it's just like a zany circumstance. Like the machine gunfire, like accidentally, like tips over the seasoning and it like lands in the plates and everyone's like, ho ho. And just like walks away, shoots a hole through the oil and they're like, whoop. And then they catch the oil on the fish and to send it out. No one in the entire kitchen realizes that there's a guy with a gun shooting at the head chef, Bill Cosby. Right. No one this knows. is America. <laughs> <laughs> Don't catch me slipping up. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> oh, I mean, ahead yeah. of its time. This is, and I yeah. guess, in a way. <laughs> um, yeah, so anyway, they succeed in recruiting him. Okay. I guess. Uh, so this is... There, then there's like... Oh, I, I need to put a footnote. Coke products everywhere. Oh, yeah, product placement. Like, just so many. Like, he blocks a bullet by, like, opening up a fridge door, and the fridge is Full of lined with Coke. He drinks, like, a Coke with, like, label out at the camera, like, the entire time. It's just Ugh. all over the place. Yep. Um, well, some things haven't changed. Yeah, so, uh, right? yeah, exactly. That was my complaint about 2012's uh, <laughs> dark, dark Shadows. Um, so then there's like this whole series in the middle where he, where it just is like retroactively even more awkward than you can imagine. Uh, he talks about how his daughter, who is in his early 20s, is dating a 56-year-old man, and like the character of Leonard, like is grossed out and condemns this with all of his like. I guess. Bill, you old so and so. Then though, and, and so just. And again, when we talk about weird casting, so he's like, he's like, you're a 56 year old man, like hands off my daughter, like blah 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 blah. Write what you know. One scene later, we find out why he is estranged with his wife, and it's because he hooked up with a 19 year old girl, and he's like, I guess in his 40s uh-huh. at this point, 30s, late 30s. I don't know when this movie came out. So I'm just like, what are you doing, Bill? Why? Are you? Anyway, let's move on from there. Uh-huh. Uh, again. Uh, there's a CIA. There's a scene where there's a CIA agent uh, spying on the the villains who have controlling these attack animals. How do you think the villains get rid of? Uh, there's a car spying. Okay. How how do they dispatch the CIA agent? Uh, Wrecking ball. No, no. And I establish. I establish they control small animals. They throw small animals at it until it flips over. I'm gonna stick by wrecking ball. Mm. <laughs> Neither one. I, a f- like about a thousand frogs hop up. Get under the car and then hop together in unison. So and they flip can it. Hop the car into the like into the river, like jump, okay. jump, jump, car into the river. You know, if this was like presented properly, you could. It's almost like a Python esque, complete absurdity over the top. That's like what they're going for. It sounds like you know Maybe. they're trying to do something like that's just like uh, totally unexpected. Somebody's like, I can write this crazy shit just like the Python guys. I suppose. You know, this is like a fish called Wanda era. Maybe. No. Fish Called no. Wanda's pretty great, though. It is. Fish Called Wanda's 1991. Yeah. Right? Okay. I'm sorry. Um, and it was... It's like it, Back to the Future era. Right. In a scene which they will call back to later, uh, the wife is estranged for seven years, invites him over to reconcile. As they're talking and having like a... Um, 
like a, an amicable conversation. She like pours wine and soup all over him while they're talking as like soft jazz music plays. And they're like talking, like talk about her daughter. And then she just like pours soup on his head and like slowly pours wine all over him. Mm-hmm. And then shoves a plate of shrimp like into his face, but like slow. Like romantic like? Like it's unclear. And then all. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the worst possible answer <laughs> to that question. Like romantically? Yes, bad, no, bad, unclear, somehow worse. <laughs> and then, like, and then from this, there's, like, the, the wait staff is, like, 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 looks out and watches this happen and is, like... Oh, this is at the restaurant. No, no, no. This is at her private house. They're all okay, very okay. rich. She's, right. like, a billionaire or whatever. Right. The wait staff, like, looks back, leans back and, like, calls to, I guess, like, the, the, the chef or whatever. And, like, I presume this is a punchline. Says, cancel the grits. And now cut to Bill leaving the house. Huh. What? <laughs> like, delivered, delivered, like, 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 zany, like, cancel the grits. And I was like, did that mean something? <laughs> it's going to be a catchphrase. Was, I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, Look for the cancel the grits t-shirt in the 9 to 5 store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming up soon. Oh, man. I wonder. It's not like Bill will ever. Oh, my goodness. Will people stop getting weird cease and desist from Bill Cosby? I mean, people are going to stop putting Bill Cosby well, in jail everything. now. He's going to have a lot less time to run around and, and sue Just people. Just send out random season desists. Can we start? Oh, but imagine Dan Harmon makes another House of Cosby's now. Well, what if we could just substitute <laughs> ourselves for, for, like, Bill Cosby in these moments? Like, you get a t-shirt with a picture of our face with, like, you know, a, pl- a plate of shrimp being, being seductively says, slid into it. says, cancel the grits. Yeah, cancel the grits. <laughs> oh, Boy, man. That's obscure. Um... So then he goes to see. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go take the job. I'm going to go save the world from these small animal attack people. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes to see a weird foreign lady who gives him ballet slippers and a box with a B in it. Right. We've not been a honeybee or the letter B. Good question. Uh, it's, I believe it's a honeybee. It might just be a BB though, but not a letter B. It is a BB is a different thing of the two things that Baby. I mentioned. Um, so then there's like a, a pump up scene. Where he, like, trains and gets dressed and puts on his weird little helmet and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And, like, the super weird part is he's just so wet looking for the entirety of the scene. So a moist Bill Cosby. Moist Bill Cosby. Moist. <laughs> it's so weird. It's also... So there's a hint of it in the shootout scene in the kitchen. Uh, but they, they do come back to it later. Like... So I don't think he does, like, all, like he doesn't do all of his own stunts, but, like, in some scenes, it is clear that he's, like, into doing his his own stunts, because you see, like, gunfire, but then you see, like, regular-ass Bill Cosby just kind of, like, jogging and slightly ducking, but, like, in slow-mo, it looks awful. Like, it just, like, you're, like, like, it doesn't even look like any kind of, like, it's so weird, like, that they put it in slow-mo. I'm like, maybe speed it up, even, would be, like, a better option. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um... So yeah, he uh, assaults the tuna factory and just blows shit up. Like the, by, probably one of the biggest action sequences happened just like straight up in the middle of the movie. Like he's just firing missiles everywhere, blowing up everything, and gets into the factory where the bad guys are. Mm-hmm. Shoots off his, he shoots off the underarm missiles, which they're like they're like underarm missiles, and they like lock it in. To no fanfare or whatever, he's just like running around. They're just like, Hoo! puts up his arms, shoots off the missiles and whatever. It's not like a zany. Like armpit joke, armpit joke, or whatever. It's not like he forgets it's about not the climax <laughs> of the film. It's just armpit just missiles. It. Here they are. Um, so he runs into. So what kind of uh, so the, these the, these animal activists essentially, I guess, 
are running into the controlling, mind-controlling small animals. Okay. What would their minions be? Uh, little penguins. No. Foxes. No. Uh, vegetarian razor dancers. Whoa. I, don't, so I want to know more about those. <laughs> <laughs> so these people are dressed up kind of like birds with like razor claws on their fingers and stuff, and they are pure vegetarians. They have never eaten meat. And they dance attack him, and they also have razors on their feet. Dance attack. Okay. Now that's why the ballet slippers are important, because I bet you didn't know or expect the fact that as the British butler character does as a voiceover, neither did the vegetarian razor dancers, that Leonard was like a graduate of like Juilliard dance school or whatever. Uh-huh. Wait, and there's was... a Ron Howard type character? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot <laughs> to mention, the entire, the entire thing is narrated by his butler. So Providing he... context. Yes. Okay. So he puts on the ballet slippers, the ballet slippers, so that he can outdance them. Uh-huh. And again, there's a scene where, like, he has like a razor boomerang and throws it, and it's like in slow motion. There's like it's like crummy boomerang flying effect, and then just regular ass Bill Cosby, just kind of like leaning forward slash barely bending at his knees to duck, and then like the boomerang goes over his head, and then he just stands up again all <laughs> slow. And I was like, why is this? That so terrible. Juilliard. Like, why is this in slow motion? <laughs> Juilliard. Like, like those the the moments of Bill Cosby in slow motion are actually like. Almost like the funniest, like unintentionally hilarious. But that could be intentional. It could be them making fun of like the bad action Maybe. sequences in one of these movies. Maybe it's just to simulate qualudes. Anyway, so then the uh, it turns out that the it is a sphere that controls the animals' minds, and the sphere like is from pretty, Michael Crichton. I guess so. Okay, uh, it's like a basketball with some goop in it. Huh. Well, it's like a metal sphere with like these little cylinders, about basketball size, that has like... Wait, it's like an intelligent sphere? No. It's like a mechanical I s- Oh, I see. It's like the machine that you're either using to control the animals. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a mcguffin device. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. That's right. it. Uh, it's protected by a hive of bees. Oh, the bee in the box. So you open the little bee box. The queen controls the bee and is also, I guess, friendly to Leonard because then the bees just swarm other guards. Yep. Yep. I actually keep bees. If you kept one in a little box for a while and ran around with it and then opened it up, it would not be friendly. So are you saying that if you had a bo- bee in a box and then you entered into a dance fight with vegetarian razor dancers? The bee would not participate. <laughs> it would go and do bee things. <laughs> huh. Holes poked in this a mile <laughs> wide. I was with it up until this point. <laughs> um, so anyway, so he uses the queen bee, steals the animal control sphere. But there's still a half hour left of the movie. And I'm like, okay, what's up? Um, he does Romance. Sur- there's, there's not enough romance right. in this so far. So he does surgery to himself to replace, to fix up his uh, bullet hole in his arm, drinking it. And then uh, he ends up reading a review of his, the play that his daughter is in. And then gets real upset because she gets naked on stage as part of the performance. Hmm. And he's a good Cosby dad, I guess. Wait, family this is values. happening after he saved the world? Yes. Weird. It's like the denouement. It's, yep. like, it's like the third Lord of the Rings where it just goes on and on. Um, so then they kidnap his wife. Okay. The bad guys kidnap his wife. So they're like, back in the game. But for a while, there's about like 10 minutes of you're like, what is even going on in this movie? It's just him going to see his daughter's play. Why would he go <laughs> see it? He just read that she gets naked. Right? And he doesn't like it. <laughs> Bill. And then he buys a ticket. <laughs> what? Yep. Mm. Unacceptable. Anyway, so then he talks about then. Then he just decides randomly that he also doesn't like the fact that his employer slash the CIA, I guess, 
I think it's the CIA vaguely, uh, are now have control of the sphere and the power to control animals. Mm-hmm. So he uses the activation word and a bunch of rabbits attack the CIA. And he's like, ha ha, and takes the sphere away. What a twist. Turncoat, I guess. Uh-huh. American traitor, Bill Cosby. <laughs> Um, but then he needs to go see, he's, he needs to go rescue his wife, so he needs to go to the magic lady again, who gave uh-huh. him the, 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 the ballet slippers and the bee. I, I seem to recall he didn't get with his wife, what didn't? No, the, but, the, but they the, still kidnapped him, and he still cares deeply about his I wife. See, I see, I see, I see. Um, shrimp, so shrimp. he's shrimp. driving in a car with his butler towards the, uh, to the, the climax, I guess, wherever mm-hmm. it happens to be, and then he drives by, like... The bus with the magic lady, and then the bus, the magic lady uses, I guess, witchcraft to switch places with the butler. So now the butler is driving the magic lady's van, and then and the magic lady is now riding shotgun in his attack Porsche. Mm-hmm. Okay, she gives him meat patties, a hot dog. Oh, I see. It's one of these. It's like another setup. How is he going to solve the day with these wacky, and wacky nonsense? A stick of butter. A stick of butter. <laughs> Quarter milk. Dozen loaf eggs, of bread. Loaf of bread. Stick of butter. <laughs> Greatest Sesame Street sketch of all time. It's true. <laughs> um, so I think so. He shows up uh, to the the bad guy's place. I think he gives the ostrich some bird seed as a setup for oh, a later yeah. payoff. Almost forgot about that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The villainous has a dude in a wheelchair, and I. The joke here, and like the wheelchair guy's been around the whole entire time. The joke that is revealed is that she has used his disability insurance to fund her evil empire. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see. It's a Republican thing. <laughs> <laughs> but just like, so this, this dude's been in the wheelchair for the entire movie, and just to have that being like, how do you think I got my startup money? Like, Terrence's, like, healthcare. Fuck what a twist. Support Whoa. Network. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so he captures Leonard, a lobster, and his wife, and they tie him up, and then they activate a bunch of lobsters. As you do. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and a lobster's crawling right at his dick. Oh. And he's like, oh no, what do I do? The butter has become melty, you guys. So then he's like, melted butter. And then he holds out the melted butter and is like, I'll use it on you, lobsters. And lobsters are like, ee, ee, Because they're, they're afraid of getting cooked. They're afraid of being cooked in the butter. Is that worse or better than bat shark spray? Worse. worse. Way worse. worse. <laughs> it's just worse. <laughs> much, much worse. Yep. And like, like delivered with less conviction than like Adam West delivered anything in uh. his career. Um, so all the bad guys are vegetarian, but guess what, guys? He has meat patties. He throws meat patties on them, and it burns their flesh. Oh, yeah. The lieutenant bad guy is not afraid of meat, so he's like, I'm not afraid of meat. So then he puts the hot dog in the main lieutenant bad guy, and his head... Whoa, whoa, stop! Stop! (laughs) In his mouth. In his mouth. Wait, still... Still, not better. (laughs) Oh, no. Better than the worst possible answer. I guess so. Uh, but yeah, so he puts a hot dog in the guy's mouth, like uh-huh. mid-combat, and the guy's like, bites it off, I guess inadvertently, and his head explodes. That's not how vegetarianism works. How much do you know about vegetarianism? Well, I mean, I feel like his head might explode um, on an internet chat room. Then uh, the, the guy in the wheelchair yells out, grabs a machine gun, yells, death to all mankind. Mm-hmm. And then like, wheelchairs forward aggressively machine gunning left and right. Uh, but then he hits a little bump and falls over into, like, a vat of chemicals. And that's it. <laughs> Disabled. Nah. Uh, Cosby has some <laughs> There it is. That's why I'm just okay. So this is also crazy, because, again, expect the unexpected, right? Because 
you've already introduced that he has these three things. You don't know how they're going to use, but he's already used all three of them, and there's these giant vats. He just happens to have Alka-Seltzer, you guys. Mm -hmm. Throws an Alka-Seltzer into the vat. Yeah, product and, placement was not unexpected, right? But everything, well, fair enough. But was Alka-Seltzer going to blow up an entire plant? Like, he did, we didn't know he had Alka-Seltzer. He just did. Right. I mean, who doesn't have Alka-Seltzer in the 80s, right? So anyway, he needs to escape the exploding plant, so he gets on that ostrich that he gave birdseed from, and he flies out. Runs away. Yep. Chekhov's gun. You don't introduce something in Act 1 if you're not going to use it in Act 2. Um, so in, in Act 1, they introduce him riding away on an ostrich. <laughs> yep. And, and still, when it happens, you're like, huh. Like there I it is. There it is. <laughs> uh, so he reconciles with his wife. And then... Uh, Super. So he asks at one point, he's like, I need to ask you one question. Like, when you were pouring food on me all the time, was it because you loved me or because you hated me? And she says, both. Oh. Hence why when you said, was it sensual? I said, unclear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was the old hate plate of uh, shrimp seduction. So he reconciles with his wife, and they're sitting there eating dinner. And then with, like, jazz music playing, she pours soup on his head. Roll credits. And if you think that's over, you're wrong, because interspersed in with the credits, as the credits are moving... More and more food gets piled onto him, like slowly and kind of sensually, and it's a little gross, and he gets super slimy. They put like a pile of spaghetti on his head. So then when he's just there covered in food and a bunch of spaghetti, they kiss. I wrote, perfecto. Is he doing Bang. like Bill Cosby faces during all this? Like like making funny of it? Or is he too playing it straight? Con like, like Bill Cosby face, like two on ten. Okay. Like, it could have been, like, he could have been, like, boop, 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 yeah. like, and, like, maybe that would be okay. Uh, lesson, I mean, I mean, maybe it would have passed for comedy. I need to talk a little bit about uh, the production and reception of this. Okay. Um, Paul Wayland, who was the director yeah. of the film. I was going to ask, because people says, wanted to make this, right? Uh, it was a terrible mistake. <laughs> when anybody gets into that position referring to Bill Cosby's, like, superstardom in the 1980s, they're surrounded by sycophants, and no one can tell them the truth. Cosby just was not funny. I couldn't tell him directly. I would say, this feels slow. And he'd say, you worry about construction. Let me worry about funny. Whoa. <laughs> oh, Bill. So Bill was just, like, calling the shots on the punchlines there. What lens are you using? You need to know your lenses. <laughs> the New York... or not the New York... The Los Angeles Times wrote, Leonard Part 6 is a smug, tedious exercise in self-indulgence. There's virtually nothing to laugh at in this film, and too much of everything else. I, everything else being things not to laugh at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Times noted that although Wayland was director, clearly Cosby, as star, producer, and idea man, is the auteur. Yeah. Uh, the New York Times wrote, Mr. Cosby and director Paul Wayland were reportedly at odds when filming Leonard Part 6, which opens today at Cine 1 and other theaters, but there's plenty of blame for them to share. <laughs> Mr. Wayland's direction, Mr. Cosby's story, and Jonathan Reynolds' screenplay seem equally trite. I was going to say the screenplay, because it sounds like driven. There's a lot of stuff in the screen. Like, crazy things happen. They had to, like, set up that ostrich gag. Somebody really wanted an ostrich in this movie. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, he, it's, not like it's a, like a made-up bit like, of dialogue. But, but if... Like, if you had, like, a home-run slapstick performance on it, maybe would it have been saved? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, if you go back and read the screenplay for Ace Ventura Pet Detective and can't imagine Jim Carrey in it, that screenplay might read like a fucking 
yeah. terrible movie. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, like I would like to ask you a few questions. What? That is not funny. Yeah, and then <laughs> over and over, or, or Spaceballs. Like, there's like wacky, stupid, weird gags in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're not firing on all cylinders, that there's no John Candy. There's no Mel Brooks. You know. Yeah. 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 Exactly. There's. There's a lot of things wrong. It made uh, $4.6 million at the box office uh, <laughs> with a $33 million uh, production – well, $33 million budget, $24 million production budget, and a $9 million marketing budget. Wow. Yeah. With Bill Cosby at the height of his powers. Yep. Right? And they sell – so apparently in the weeks leading up to it, the weeks before it came in the release, Cosby himself denounced it. Like, even before it came out, like, he didn't even wait. I guess he was trying to maybe, like... Get ahead get, of it, yeah. Get, get, ahead of the, uh, get ahead of the bomb or whatever. He was like, this movie's crap, don't go see it. Huh. Like, so he, had, he buried it before opening weekend, even. Like, I guess just to... Now, Save his own hide. Yeah. Now, this is... The height of Bill Cosby's power is about to be explained to you in ways that you, you cannot even imagine. So, the movie won... And may forget by the morning. <laughs> Dude. Dude. <laughs> Convicted. <laughs> the movies won three Golden Raspberry Awards. Okay. Uh, he demanded and had Fox finance that his Golden Raspberries be handed made out of 24-karat 24 24 karat gold and Italian marble. Award-winning film. <laughs> Leonard Part 6. Like, getting the joke award for fake movies, demanding of the studio that they be made of 24-karat gold and Italian marble, and getting that. You made a piece of garbage movie. Please give me 24 karat gold. Three. Three, three 24 karat gold awards. Three 24 karat gold awards made out of, with Italian marble. And getting that. Just think of the, like, height of, as Paul Whelan, just like the, oh, my God. Insanity. Wow. <laughs> he the- appeared on The Tonight Show uh, starring Johnny Carson displaying the awards and saying, I swept the awards. Okay, buddy. Uh, in the 2005 Razzies, the movie earned the nomination of the worst comedy of our first 25 years of existence. So the first 25 years of the Razzies, it won the worst comedy. Mm-hmm. That, that's including, like, Jack and Jill. And, yeah. And some, some truly terrible Awful films. Awful movies. <laughs> like, oh. Anyway, but if you want to watch a movie where you have no idea what's going to happen mm-hmm. from minute to minute. And, and it's like, terrible and not funny. And it's terrible and not funny. Like I said, if you just think that you're like, oh, going to reconcile just a long. And so many sequences are so long. Like the food stuff is so long and like slow. You're like, didn't expect that though. Like just, one of those just, Saturday Night Live skits <clears throat> that just doesn't stop. Just one more question. Like the, the director, if you have it up, like what else did he work on? Hmm. Paul Whelan's. Um... Because we know what Bill Cosby was doing before. America's favorite. Oh, funny dude, no, he rebounded. Huh. I would say. Okay. <laughs> well, good for him. I, I would consider a rebound. Uh, <laughs> Ever working again would be a rebound. Dude, he did the Mr. Bean series like a couple years yeah. later, and that's like that's like popular. Yeah. yeah. He did. Um, he did some of the Blackadder stuff. Okay. Um, some truly funny absurdist humor there. He, that's that's what I'm saying. Maybe that was the intent here was to do. Crazy, weird, absurd shit. Oh, my God. Tell me he did Johnny English. No, he didn't do Johnny English. Because if he's doing absurd humor, wacky super spy movies later on. Hmm. I can't believe the studio would let him do that. Oh, no, though. Then he had a little bit of a a little bit of a stumble, you guys. He made City Slickers 2. Oof. The first one's pretty funny. Mm. I seem to yeah, recall. but he did not yeah. make the first one. No. <laughs> I feel like we've just spent 30 minutes on Leonard Part 6. I mean, Surely it, we can... 
we can rank it. <laughs> yeah, it's time. <laughs> I felt that there was there was no way to get around just like detailing the insanity of this movie. I'm, I, 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 sk- I skipped some of my notes, guys. I didn't even read all my notes. Just, uh Anyway, expect the unexpected. Right, mm-hmm. Part six. Anyway, he's a rapist. It's the worst movie ever made. Put it at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm dead serious. Really? <laughs> you would put this lower because you were the one who watched the bottom film on the list. Absolutely. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. So let's Horror do the time rope. At least had uh, non-memorable versions of good songs. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> so this one is unseating. This is worse than Soul Man, which sounded pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Worse than The Room. Soul Man had a purpose. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't think it necessarily succeeded at that purpose, but the makers of Soul Man were trying to do something. I right. cannot say that for Leonard Part 6. The makers of Leonard Part 6 had, were only doing something insofar as they were spending money and doing whatever Bill Cosby thought was correct. Which, as we know, doing things that Bill Cosby thought was correct is not a thing. This is... <laughs> <laughs> if he tells you, don't worry, everything's fine. Oh, no. <laughs> if only we'd learned that lesson in the 80s. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, at least the Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, at least had... Some songs that were at least kind of versions of good songs. Amazing. Yeah, no, this is the worst movie ever made, you guys. Okay. Wow. Coming in, episode number 146 on the list. Yep. Leonard Part 6. Yeah, there's no need to even justify this. <laughs> like, like I said, I still stand by the fact that Soul Man was trying to do something. Uh-huh. Like, they were trying to make a, a, an active, like a politically con- or racially conscious film. They mit- missed the mark, but they were trying. So oh. nice that we've broken new ground. I'm I'm so happy, man. The, <laughs> our, our segment here of the best movie ever has successfully unseated the word at the bottom of the list. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> we did it, uh, man. Uh, you, we're not going to talk about Solo. Uh, you watched Dune. I did watch right? Dune, and and I like I don't oh, know David Lynch. The David Lynch. I watched film. it recently too. So maybe like four Great. episodes ago, three episodes ago, you mentioned you'd seen it, and yep. I had just seen it on Netflix. Also, it popped up, and I was like going through it. And Dune is one of my favorite books of all time. I have a very special connection. I mm-hmm. read it like like ten or fifteen times. And uh, opening up here, I hate that fucking book. I hate wow. it so much. When I was really? living with you and Oren, both of you fucking love this book, and I made it. Maybe a hundred pages in before I wanted to rip my own eyes out. It's no. it's a tough go. The early the early pages have a bit of a slow start, but when it gets going, it's wonderful. God no, you got You got to get through it though. It's hard hard sci fi, but it, it's it's a masterpiece. How? Yeah, because the movie is also hot fucking garbage. The, the movie is hot fucking garbage, but <laughs> uh-huh. I I really enjoyed watching it, and it's and uh, like I struggled to consider why I enjoyed watching it because there's like the movie part of me could tell I was watching a goddamn fucking mess. Well, because it is it like so I have not seen the movie. Yeah. Uh, does like does it is it because I'm asking you guys is it uh, did you enjoy the movie first of all, Scott? If you hated the book, did you enjoy Ooh, any of the movie? I enjoyed it in a uh, uh, fucking robot jocks abraxas. Oh wow, that kind love. of. Uh, what's the Sean Connery one? Uh, Zardoz, Zardoz yeah. kind of way. Yeah. Um, John, did you? How did you enjoy it? Was well, it in that same way, or was it, or did it like hit like a few notes of the book and just like that were like kind of nostalgic? Well, that's the thing. So I had so much nostalgia for the book after watching the movie, and I wanted to consider the interplay between the film and the movie. Mm-hmm. I reread the book and the second book in the series, and I'm halfway through the third book in the series okay. right now. It's in my pocket nice. on the way to here, and I think the part of me that loves every page of the book is like enjoying watching David Lynch try to get 
the good part of the book out onto the screen. Right. And the, Even if it fails at every turn. But, yeah, but not every turn, right? There's some parts of it that are successful. Like, Geiger was involved, right? There's, like, there's like artistic so, like, minds. Yeah, some of the looks of it. Look exactly. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. of the looks. But he had to change and extract so much of the book. And part of what makes the book so good is that the very, like, little parts of the book, like, you have the, the Bene Gesserit, right? They're, they're like the space witches, okay? Mm-hmm. You, you try to explain what are the space witches, and it, it'll, it's going to take me 20 minutes to go through the, all of the different roles they play in the society, how, how they get their powers, all this stuff. It's, like, complicated. And you remove one little part of that thread, and the whole tapestry starts to unwind. Yeah. So Lynch is doing this game of, like, trying to, trying to keep elements of the story true, but at the same time having to unravel this beautiful thing. Yeah. And, so you can look at like the weirding way, right? You have these weirding modules. They like yep. they talk into the. They go. Ooh, they they like yell into these things, and they can shoot their sound as like sound guns, right? And it expl- or as like voice guns, and it explains why the Atreides are badasses in the movie. Yeah. In the book, the weirding way is literally ninja powers. Like hmm. you you are, you have good control over your muscles. You have you're like you're you're a kung fu expert because of, you have such good control. Neat. So it doesn't connect really well, but it's like neat to see that. But you, you kind of like but. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. But, but also, like, this is David Lynch before he's become David Lynch, right? He's just making a weird sci-fi movie and not... It's pre-Videodrome? It's, no, it's, it's pre-Twin Peaks. Like, yeah, it's he's pre-Twin not, Peaks. He's not become an artiste. Yet. I don't know, man. This, there is a, you can tell there's a bit of artiste happening in here. Yeah, but then there's also the fucking shitty effect of his hand melting in the box and the weird... Oh, it was so good in the book, though. ...overlay... I read that yeah. chapter in the book, and yeah. then it didn't. So, look, the core of the story of Dune is actually part, quite. It's kind of simple, and it's like been done, right? There's like, a, there's like, you know, empires. One one kingdom kind of is given a gift of the most important planet in the world. There, the, the the gift is a trap. The the empire goes to the planet. They get killed. Everybody dies. Then it. Video drum was Fincher, I think. Oh yeah, but anyway, either way, dude. No, like then let me finish. Head. I was gonna say either it's way, he's already head. done a racer head and the elephant man. I feel he's still he's up. He hold on. He went from a racer head and the elephant man to Dune. Dune. Then wow. two years later, he made Blue Velvet. <laughs> and Blue Velvet is where he finds his artistic mastery. I guess I don't know, man. Eraserhead was really good. Elephant yeah, man. Eraserhead is like a fucking college movie. Elephant man was nominated yeah. for eight Oscars. Yeah, yeah. The elephant man. Okay, so an animal? They, they they're like. It, and then it becomes a revenge story, right? The, the trap gets sprung, all of the people die, the sun comes back and recaptures the empire, and um, and he befriends the like planet full of natives, and mm-hmm. then he, also he's space Jesus. Of course. And um, it's like it's like a driving kind of story. I feel like it's there's like something vaguely um, Shakespearean in in how it all plays out. But then like the window dressing, the sci-fi, like a high drama. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but and so like that part of the story is compelling and quick paced, and then the window dressing, all of the sci-fi elements, which are which comprise the bulk of the book, are so elaborate, well thought out, nuanced. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it's 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 beautiful to see it. Uh, there there are chapters that go by where the most important thing that a character says is not written down. It's like implication that they make in yeah. something that they say. It's it's so good. And that cannot get on the screen in two hours. Like, I don't care how yeah, good, yeah, how good a director you are. There's no way. To yeah. do that. <laughs> or, like Denis Villeneuve is going to get, you're going to get, he's going to get two movies. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I, I, I do want to rank this. God, the movie looks so much like uh, an above average Doctor Who episode from the era. Yeah. That's actually not 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 an unfair <laughs> statement. Like, right. despite the work of Geiger making like the the, the spacer guild look, look awesome, cool. the the sandworms look fucking great. Oh, but it's man. still definitely it's it. the weird yeah. Harkonnen floating around. 
So, Pustules. so here's the thing. In okay, the book, the, Har- the, the, the insane scenes of Sting all oiled up, staring at the camera, smiling slowly, like just... Oh, it was so arduous this, watching this This movie. is a good example of like why I can appreciate those scenes, okay? Because in the book, the, the, the primary villainy of the Baron Harkonnen is his like raging pedophilia. Yeah. Raging pedophilia towards that character, Sting. Fade Rotha's character. So Lynch is like, I cannot have this guy just raping little boys all over my movie. So he's, that's why he does the heart plug thing. There's heart plugs. All the Harkonnen, like the little peons, get a little plug put in their heart. And then when the Baron is sick of them, he just pulls out the plug and they bleed out. Huh. He's a great villain. <laughs> and very ugly. Anyway. And, but it looks bad and it looks cheap. And yeah. It, yeah. And it, it's played like an 80s wrestling villain he's so over the top like, he might he as well he is over the top in the book you it's know? Kevin he's, Sullivan it's very Kevin Sullivan <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah whoosh John does not understand a and there's like and, and I understand what I understand what John is saying there are all these like little things that work like the shields as an idea works mm-hmm. the water recapture suits as Hold an on, idea do you know any of this stuff do you know what the shields are I have read Dune like 20 years ago. Great. Like, it's well, yeah, so, so long. It's, like, it's very... I like, remember it being... You can just say it. Okay, the shields The shields prevent bullets from coming in and hitting you. But as a consequence to that, now sword play is back to being a thing in the world. Right. right. And then you also have laser guns that exist in the world. But if a laser gun hits a shield, both the laser gun and the shield explode in like insane atomic explosions. So you can use shields, but then you're in the danger of everybody committing suicide and blowing themselves up with these things. And so in the, in the book, it's like very nuanced. Do we use shields? The shields attract the worms. You have to stay, you know, like, all of that stuff. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a great storytelling device. In the movie, it's this, like, super campy effect that just <laughs> never gets explained very well and doesn't make a goddamn lick of sense. <laughs> it has the worst sound effects that yeah. s- sounds what's, like biting on tinfoil. Yeah. yeah. Like, just, oh, man. It hits you right in, in your fillings. Yeah. Uh, but is it better than another wolf cop? <laughs> well, so... <Ooh>! <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about it. While you guys are talking, I was trying to find my point of reference. <laughs> I fell on the sequel to Wolf Cop. Another Wolf Cop. Well, ultimately, it is not a successful film, right? No, I, I mean, and I'm certainly looking. Yeah, not, yeah, I really think that. I don't think you can describe it to someone better than a, an above average episode of early 80s Doctor Who. But like, I like early 80s yeah. Doctor Who. I mean, it's, there's some oh. joyful camp in there. That yeah, exactly. Is not, I was like, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like disparage or like early 80s Doctor Who. But you if, say it's a, if you said it's a good episode, I'd be like, Ugh. you can't award it either. Scott, you did, can watch did it. Did you not feel at all the like, the, the excitement of him getting his Fremen together, they're riding on the sandworms to go and attack to Harkonnen and taking, taking it at the end of the, taking the empire at the end of the story. The, the terror of the sandworms is the only thing that really succeeded. Yeah. In that movie for me, me being like, they are trying to make these things scary and they are scary. Yep. Yeah. And they're, they're big monsters that, that terrorize everyone that lives on this world. And they have come up with these weird ways of, I still dealing with from, that terror. From what you guys are saying, though, I still feel mm-hmm. that another wolf cop is kind of in the zone because I'm looking right above another wolf cop, and it's like Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, which also had like a handful of okay moments, but was mostly a failure of a film. Where was um, another wolf cop? What was the number? Uh, one twenty-eight. One twenty-eight. Man, that's real low. But I'm just saying because then mm-hmm. there's like, well, then there's the Bad Mummy, and there's the X Men Apocalypse. I would totally watch this before I would watch X Men Apocalypse. Oh, I put it above that. Yeah, sure. I put yeah. it in yep, another yep. wolf cop. <laughs> Uh, just from, for this, just from your description, yeah. I mean, like we can move up. 
But I'm like, does it get? Is it better than Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace? I would say no. Okay, so we, wow. we're, we're down in a in a ten movie. I feel like there's that's that is a easily comparable. Justice League two movies. Justice League. It's better than Justice League. All right, so now we're narrower. Seriously, John, Phantom Menace is a very comparable movie to that. Baywatch. Weird, weird trade wars. Scott. Baywatch. Nothing makes any sense. It's just storytelling elements. Technology that is kind of cool but hard to understand because they it, don't really the, explain it. The thing it well. is, though, like, Phantom Menace has this, like, juvenile pandering. They're trying to sell a whole bunch of toys bullshit to it that this has, like, ar- there's, like, artistic intent behind Geiger's work. If you look, some of the without, scenes. Without consideration for an audience in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, Phantom like, Menace. It's, it's Phantom Menace had the Duel of the Fates, yo. Yeah, oh, that's, that is true. <laughs> I, did li- I did like to pretend to be a sword fighter after I that. I mean, a lot of Phantom Menace, while you can say it's pandering, it is based around a trade war and a Senate discussion. Like,. It's some boring ass weird sci-fi I mean, shit. I, I would I would script. put it just under Star Wars then. I, like the art of the steel was so goddamn horrible. Baywatch, Scott. Art, I of, the, art of the I like where John's putting it there because yeah. art of the steel is commits an unforgivable sin at the end of it. To you, yeah. yeah. All right, we did it. Cool. So hold on. I, I was thinking about this mm-hmm. in thinking about Dune. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about asking you guys, and this is not something for today. Maybe we're going to come back and think about okay. it later, or do it as a segment in some other show. The um, your favorite character in fiction. Favorite. Character. Because my favorite character in fiction is in the Dune universe. You haven't met him if you have seen only the film Dune. The Dune universe, but if you will. I um I, I was I was thinking it might be interesting to think about it and talk about it and come with like an actual presentation as to why you think this character and it doesn't have to be like the best you know or best from a story time just something that's really special in your heart. We could say I don't know I think we could talk about maybe early opinions and then revisit it. Sure. Upon. Yep. <sighs> Scott, does anyone like jump to mind? Like three characters do immediately. Well, don't don't spoil nothing. We are got to like think about it because it's it's an interesting t- question, you know. Like favorite character in fiction. Yeah. Like, what do they bring to the story? What do they? What are they? How has? Why was it special to you? Here's here's one that is not going to be my favorite book. Okay. It was very okay. quickly popping into my yeah. head. Ender Wigan. Yep. Mm. There's a good one. Like it's, it, he's also like a magnificently developed character. He has yeah. a lot of books to get into that. Yeah. Character. I don't think all time great, but another I think on somewhere on the short list, uh, another name that popped in my head was Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Like Peter Parker's always been special because like kind of the nerd, but then like also clever and like he was he was always he was a good relatable type. Like you know like you, mm-hmm. I couldn't you you personally as a normal like kind of like geeky kid can't really fill your shoes with most superheroes. Yeah, you could be Spider-Man. All super geniuses. Or, yeah, exactly. Or, or super soldiers, yeah. or like they've access training or whatever. You're like Peter Parker. Because Peter Spider-Man's, Parker. Spider-Man's problems all stemmed from him being a, a nerdy teenager, and not from him being a superhero. Yeah, exactly. That's it. So I was always like, and and like pulls it off. You know, like mm-hmm. yeah, Peter Parker would definitely be somewhere on the short list of like just characters that I really love. So what mm-hmm. we're saying is we like smart characters that get beat up a lot. Hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think of like if there's any like like book series that I'm like. See, that's the thing. You go real deep. In yeah, yeah. Or like, like favorite movies. Uh, yeah, I'm in there too. Yeah, yeah exactly. That stuff. I'm like, but then I'm like, did my favorite movies have like my favorite characters? Like, oh man. Anyway, it's so a thinker. Much, so much it's to fucking go. Indiana Jones, Jason Worthing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ooh. Right? Oh, uh, that was a fucking good book. Yeah, it was. Um,. Even For a second there, I was sure you were going to like, finish that with Bourne. And I was like, what is Jason? Oh, no. You know Jason Bourne. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, but... Um, it's so vast. Ferris Bueller. Ferris, Ferris, yeah. Ferris Bueller. Ferris Rocky. Bueller. I really like Rocky. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I'm, trying to think, I'm, I'm trying to tap into like some video games. They're like video game characters that I was like... 
into Link? Would you? Would you be? He doesn't, he doesn't really have much character. He doesn't have much of a character. It's a me. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering because I was like, like a lot of my favorite video games really involves like you kind of like becoming the character. There's, yeah, like the the like actual storytelling is often taking a backseat to the the, yeah, the like, yeah. players. Of, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. What I'm trying to. I don't know. Are there any really great characters in video games? I think in some of the Final Fantasies. Cloud. Maybe. Cloud's not a great character. Cloud's a bit of a like a MacGuffin. He's a big walking MacGuffin. Yeah, but, but and then he doesn't even like handle it that well. I'm nope. thinking like Sephiroth. <laughs> Sephiroth is cool. Like the, I'm, I'm, I'm like I was also thinking like villains. I'm like, are there like favorite? Kefka. Kefka is one of my favorite villains like, in video games. Okay, look, he is a good villain, mm-hmm. but would you put him on the same on the same? No, like, he's not. He's not developed. Talking just, thing as Iago, right? Or Joker, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I mean, or even Sephiroth. <laughs> like Sephiroth is a much more complex character than Kefka is. Like in terms of like being abused by the company and betrayed, mm-hmm. like the relationship with his mother and like his own relationship with the Sephiroth. Kefka just kind of hates everything. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like I'm like his, his a lot of nuance. His, in his methods and stuff are like absolutely like like spine tingling and whatever. But I was like, Sephiroth is a more complex dude. Yeah, than for Kefka. sure, for sure, for sure. Is he maybe not a better villain, but like he's yeah. a more complicated guy. Angelus from Buffy. Oh, really? Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> There's a good character there. Yeah. And then the question also mm. is, like, are you going to pick a hero or are you going to pick a villain, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes the, the villain, like in Batman, you could argue Joker brings more to the storytelling table than the Batman himself. Yeah. Occasionally. The Batman. Yeah. So I don't think you've ever seen Joker's dick in a comic. And you have seen Batman's. Yeah, his dick recently appeared. I really yeah. don't want to see that. What what film was that so I can... No, it's in a comic. It's in a comic. It's right. in a comic book. Someone drew that. Not a lot of risk. Everyone was like, print it. Why did you put a dick? I was like... Don't worry, John. We'll send you the... Up, the, up there. Up there. Possibly. In terms of like characters, I just had to had to turn cause then, to remind myself that the character I don't believe has a name, mm-hmm. uh, the driver yeah, in Ryan Gosling's drive, hmm. is up there. In terms of you're just like, this... Dude, you're not saying Max Rakitansky, and that's freaking me out a little yeah. bit. I, remember, we discussed people that weren't going to make the actual. <laughs> <laughs> the actual. He's already plotting the whole. <laughs> Man, speaking of that, I found a YouTube channel called the Mad Max Bible. This oh. guy goes into all kinds of like pre-production notes and mm. all like interviews with people from before the first Mad Max movie to try Crazy. and build an understanding of the world. Like, not necessarily as it looks now with all of the years, but, like, what did he intend at the beginning? Yeah. Pretty cool. Mad Max Bible. Yeah. YouTube channel. So, oh, sad that I guess we could kind of close on, on that sad news. Yeah. That uh, George Miller is just kind of forgetting about Mad Max for his next project. I think there's too much legality, legal, yep. all that kind Which of shit such going a, on. Such a gross bummer. I don't know if you follow the ins and outs of what was going on. Uh, something he's suing because he didn't get paid properly for so he was told a bonus if he brought the movie in under 130 million he Mm -hmm. brought it in at 129 Mm -hmm. and that's under budget but then they needed to reshoot but only at Warner Brothers demands he -hmm. said my movie is done they said we want this and then he was like, cool, that's going to take more money. So then apparently went in at like 134, 135, and then he finished the movie as we know it. Yep. They're saying, you didn't bring the movie in under budget. He's saying, yes, I did. The only reason I changed it is that you demanded it. Your demand. Yep. I was like, I was not like, I'm, he was like, I wasn't even like unsure 
of the scenes. He's like, I had a completed Mad Max. The studio wanted to add X, Y, Z. So it, like it tested better or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and then I did it as per the studio's demands. So he's saying I was under budget. Warner Brothers is saying you were over budget. That's an actual legal case though. That's nice. Yep. It's interesting. The thing is like Hollywood accounting is, is like legendarily labyrinthine. Like, did you know Star Wars, um, the second one or the Return of the Jedi? Um, Return of the Empire. Jedi Empire, yeah. Empire did not make money. Yeah, because according was... to Hollywood accounting. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because like the DVD release and all that stuff. So anyway, so inc- incidentally, so the, I was reading this thing where they were talking about, especially, so one of the things that might unclog this. I mean, I guess it's too late because he's going to be making his next movie anyway. Yeah. But one of the things that might unclog this is the best popular Academy Awards thing, because Warner Brothers has like a contender for best popular Academy Award if they're throwing out another Mad Max movie. Mm-hmm. Knowing that George Miller directs it, so that they might just pony up for the Oscar buzz of what a George Miller Mad Max movie does, because hmm. there's like, it Mad Max just straight up was nominated for best film and all that stuff. So they were like, it would be like a lock for probably all a bunch of the shooting things and stuff, because George Miller is like a sick director and would probably be a lock for best popular movie. What Apparently, is enormously depressing is that they have the rights to the character and the story and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, they could give it like to someone else. There's like 100 <laughs> shitty directors frothing at the mouth to, to just do a dumb action movie in yeah. the Mad Max. But apparently movie. he has two full scripts uh, done. Yeah, he has he like a Furiosa him. movie and then another Mad Max movie. Hmm. So apparently he's like – because he was writing Fury Road for like 10 years. So he just like kept shuffling off like notes and stuff into like other scripts. As we have discussed at length before. Yeah, but anyway, but yeah, legal legally is but in it neat. I was not neat, but I'm just sort of like I was like I can kind of see both sides of the argument yep. in a weird way. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I guess it'll it'll settle in court and so George Miller was like, "Well, my lawyers take care of this. I'm going to make another movie anyways." Yeah. And I just oh, Happy man. Feet 2. Hey, Happy there Feet. There is a Happy Feet 3. Two. Oh, 3. No, it's not Happy Feet 3. But yeah, the the bummer part about that George was, Miller presents Happy Feet 3. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Well, not, not for nothing. Happy Feet is a fucking dark movie. Yeah. So. yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe when it's your time to watch the best movie in the world, it'll just make you just watch Happy Feet. <laughs> anything to make you watch animated children's movies. I feel that would be, like, the most punishing to you. Uh, no, I don't, think, I don't think so. I'm, I'm sure I can have fun. Yeah, like, the real bad ones? I'm sure I can have fun. Know, we're not going to give you Pixar movies, buddy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to have to get back to the listeners, I guess, also, yep. in terms of what movie we're going to write. Uh, Scott... We should, someone should oh. take notes of this. Yeah. We're going to give have to give Scott a movie, and we're going to need to think about our favorite character. Hi. Thanks for sticking around to the very end of this show. That means you're our number one fan. As our number one fan, maybe you're wondering a way that you can show your support for this. We've set up a few ways, and the boys are going to tell you about it now. If you like this show, you might know other people that like this show, or maybe they'll like some of the other stuff that we're doing on the website. If that's the case, you can tell them all about it using all of the social networks, like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're on all of those. Or you could just you know, send people links directly to the website. Or if you live in a world without the Internet and you only listen to podcasts, you can tell people about it with your human mouth. There's other ways we could support us, John. If your interest in supporting us extends to the financial section, you might consider patreon.com slash 9to5cc. If you go there, you can get perks like early content, you can get your questions answered on the air, and you can get extra art. We've been doing this show for a long time, so we kind of know what we're doing. Not really. 9to5.cc. <laughs> Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.